got that old fox. Look at the Toshi station to pick up some power converters. That's not a moment. We're all fine here now, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the Star Wars Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. Happy Election Day, Kenton. Ele- Manitoba Election Day 19. Uh, Manitoba, yeah, exactly. And then, we, then uh, for those who don't know, we, we are in a middle, it's Election Palooza here in Canada because uh. tomorrow, after our, I'm going to get rid of this music, after our election is complete, it's happening as we speak, people are going to the polls, they're voting. Obviously, we encourage everyone to please exercise their democratic right and vote. Although, I don't want to be preachy about it, but some people get mad when you suggest they vote and they don't want to. Um, but you, tomorrow... You got it. It's the minimum participation. Well, yeah, but some people get pissy about it. Anyway, um, tomorrow morning, they're dropping the writ for the federal election. So the, mm-hmm. we don't even get a day break. It's going to go right from provincial to federal. And I wonder if they're waiting for ours to be done. Because it's not even a month. It's supposed to be a month out, right? It's not... I think the election day is 20, October 21st or something like that for the federal. So it's, it's more than a month away. Hmm. We're, it's September 10th today. So anyway. I Maybe. Just, I, I don't know how that works. But I thought that since we're in, since it's election day in Manitoba, it's going to be election day in Canada next month. And then election day in the USA next a year. A year later. So just elections everywhere. I thought it might be appropriate for us to speak about the politics of Star Wars. And kind of see if we can figure out what was going on there. Because I think George Lucas wanted politics to be an important part of Star Wars. Clearly, he had an interest in it, and that became more obvious as we went into the prequels. Uh, but I don't know that he conveyed it very well. So I want to kind of talk to you about what you think well, is happening. I think the problem was when he started conveying it well, it got boring. <laughs> well, exactly. yeah, don't you think that's but the, the I main think issue? There are, there are ways. Uh, Game of Thrones certainly proved there are ways to have an exciting, interesting uh, a story that involves both politics and action, and yeah. I think there is a way to do that properly. You just didn't end up doing that properly. I think it might be better for television than for a motion Could be. picture. You, you have too. more time to get yeah. into the politics of it. Okay, anyway, we're going to talk about that, but first, uh, you know how I always like to start us off with some Star Wars clickbait. Oh, what? Ow. What are you talking about? Huh? What? Goodness gracious me. The headline is, is from Inverse.com, but I'm sure they got it from somewhere else because it's the way the internet rolls. Um, the headline is, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker Trailer 3 will be the most violent yet. And what and it is based on? on um, so this is from... On, on somebody's, someone's guess? No, this is... Okay, so you know how... But this is... It is reaching a bit, but you know how they rate trailers? Like, the, you see the trailer, this... Um, this trailer, and there are R-rated trailers. You see the Red Band trailer and that kind of stuff. That you know, there are trailers that are that do have swears and stuff in them. Anyway, um, so this is based on the British Board of Film Classification. They rated the third Rise of Skywalker trailer, which means that first of all, it means that we're going to be getting it soon, um, because they're, if they're rating it, that means they've seen it. They're getting it ready to put that little placard up there saying this is what the trailer is rated. Yeah. But that um, that rating is. Uh, hold on a second. 12A. Um, so 12A is, is more than PG. The last, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were both rated PG, all the trailers for those two films. This upcoming trailer C for The Rise of Skywalker is rated 12A. Based on what we can expect from Star Wars, this is probably for violence, dangerous behavior, or threat and horror. Those are the... Those are the threat th- and horror. That's That's what it says. Um, that sounds like one of those HBO disclaimers at the beginning. Yes, that's the right. The following yeah. show will have sex, violence, smoking, brain damage. <laughs> like, like this just got 
vaping. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. Uh, sometimes they have a, just a generic, a generic one of those. Like if you watch something like Space, uh, the sci- our sci-fi channel up here, and then they have like something. This fil- this following film contains scenes of violence, coarse language, and something, something. And it's always the exact same thing, no matter what. They try to cover mm-hmm. all their bases with the, the exact same thing. But some, uh, I noticed, for example, when I was watching The Boys on Netflix, or sorry, on Amazon, they actually specified per episode what kind of stuff you were going to see. So it's a bit of a spoiler, actually, when you get into it. We we're going to see signs of sex and nudity, but that wasn't in every episode. That was only in a certain episodes. Signs of horrific violence, because there is some of that. Um, so it's interesting how they kind of they personalize it per episode. So this is coming out um, soon, I guess. It runs two minutes and sixteen seconds, so it's the longest is trailer this yet. Clickbait or is this true? Well, this is I guess this is true, but it's just the the uh, the headline is the clickbait, right? Right. Oh, right. That's right. the clickbait I get part it. of it. <laughs> reading the article I, here. Well, I keep thinking that, uh, but I'm wrong. But I keep thinking that clickbait by definition means that clicking makes you disappointed. Well, but that's not necessarily what clickbait is. Uh, it, clickbait just makes you click. That's the only. I well, guess the bait off, part of it. Oftentimes, you are disappointed in the results of that clicking. Well, when you go fishing <laughs> and you put the bait on the rod and and reel, do you think like when you when you reel in the fish, the fish is like that was fishing rod bait? I don't know what would the fish <laughs> say. That was clickbait. Yeah, that's right. no more bite, clickbait. Bite, bite bait because they bite on the bait. I think we're writing a New Yorker cartoon. or just, or just bait rather. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it bait when it's fishing. Um, so there you go. That's it. That's all that this is really about. So, again, it's a full article just telling us that one thing that the British rating board, and that's only Britain. So I don't know. Like, their rating system is different from ours, and it's different from the States. Generally speaking, the U.S. is stricter for these things. Like, mm-hmm. something that's rated R in the States is usually rated PG-14 here. 14? Yeah. We don't. I thought it was, I thought it was still 13 here, no? Uh, we have a PG-14. Is it a, okay? See, we have a PG thirteen and a PG fourteen. Or it's sorry, it's called fourteen A. Oh, okay, fourteen A. Yep. And and sorry, what's the other one? PG thirteen. We do, we have that in Canada. Yeah, PG thirteen. I have yeah. never noticed that. Um, I, I may I may not come up a lot because it is very close to fourteen A. Yeah. So there is that, and then there's PG and G and that kind of stuff. But we are generally speaking a lot more lenient. I was actually looking oh, this yeah. up the other day, uh, because my daughter really wants to see it, the first it, the the one that. Are came you out. kidding? She she got afraid at everything. You You're, well, didn't you say she at uh, Force Awakens? She was trembling when she, she saw blood. Well, she, that was in 2015, Ken. And she, this that was four years ago. She was six years old. Then you said they would not watch <laughs> Shazam because they were they were afraid. That of was the my youngest. Deadly. That was my youngest. Oh, I thought that was all of them. No, no, just just uh, Luke. Oh, so, I pictured your whole family cowering in fear <laughs> as they watched. That it. was pretty. I would say that the scene from Shazam was pretty jarring. Like Which the, the, the boardroom scene where they like throw oh, the, yeah. throw the guys out the windows and do all kinds of stuff. Do you, you know that scene reminded me of the liar liar scene where he insults everybody around the table. It remind it actually <laughs> reminded me of uh, Dogma. There's a scene in Dogma where they're in their in the boardroom and they're like listing all and the angels Ben Affleck and Matt Damon come in and they list all the sins of all the people in the boardroom and then they go ahead. Oh, and I don't kill remember that. No, oh, it's it's part of Dogma. It's Kevin Smith's Dogma movie. Anyway, okay, let's get into this uh, main topic of. The politics of Star Wars. Yeah. So let's start with the first film. Uh, In A New Hope, generally, mm-hmm. we we don't really know. We're kind of dropped into this world. We don't really know what the situation is. Do you remember when you went to see this film for the first time, understanding anything about the Empire? What Absolutely it was all about? not. Yeah. And I'm still not sure that the boardroom scene with the. That's, uh, the, that's the main politics yeah. scene. Yeah. 
So I think what we're we're meant to get this is of course the one where basically we're introduced like we're not introduced to Darth Vader as a person, but we're they're introduced to him using the Force. I think that's the first time we see him use the Force. Oh, I think right? you're right. Yeah. So that's of course the guy saying. None of your wizards waves, Vader. Whatever he says, and and uh, and Vader does the force choke on him. Um, but that scene is meant to convey that they're still going through the motions of this being a democracy, right? They're talking about the Senate, what they're going to let them do or let them not do, that kind of stuff. And then basically, Tarkin's like, you know what? Screw them. We're doing what we want. Here's the part I remember. I just looked it up really fast, so I don't. I didn't know this for memory. But as a kid, I mean, what do you know about politics as a kid? You don't know no. anything. And so I remember just like that. I just zoned out during those scenes and, and just zoned back in when he started choking people. But uh, <laughs> here's here's the line. The rebellion will continue to gain support in the Imperial Senate. The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. I've just received word that the Emperor has dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. Okay. And we're like and we're like, that's right. Okay. Senate, Council, Republic. Duh. Like I, I, I don't. I, no one could have possibly understood that. But, but even people ex- who know how politics work. But he expanded upon that in the prequels when he talked about. Oh, did he ever? Well, the, but the, the, and again, lots of very boring scenes of people sitting down and talking in those prequels. But essentially, what we're getting at here is there was the the older public was a galactic senate, so it would have every planet would have their elected representatives, right? We assume elected. Can we assume that? I don't know. If it's a democracy, well. I'm. I think we would have to go back to attack. As sad as this is, to attack of the clones and the floating. Right, the floating things with the yeah, they have yeah, the, e, the ETs, right, ET species. Yeah, in there. but is that? Are do is there ever a reference to anybody there being democratically? No, elected? like uh, e- I don't think. I don't so. even know if they were. Yeah, well, the, we don't know. The the didn't get that deep into the politics of it, but. I'm going to presume these are elected individuals. Uh, it's funny because I think we do know that Queen Amidala is, in fact, elected. She's an elected queen. Yeah. She, well, and then she becomes a senator after that. She was she's a queen when we meet her in the first film. And then in the second film, 10 yeah. years later, she's a senator. We're doing film by film here, right? I don't so know. We're we just jumping all over the place. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the idea, the whole situation. Oh, so, right, kind of, so what is the overarching? Yeah, what is what is the system of government that they use in Star Wars, and how did that fall apart and become the Empire? Because I think is that essential to the story. The story is, of course, of of Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker and the whole Skywalker saga. But the, at the heart of the whole thing is this government collapse, the Emperor seizing power. And then turning it into an, a dem, uh, uh, totalitarian dictatorship, essentially, right? He calls it an empire, but an empire is like what? Uh, what other empires? The Roman Empire was an empire, but that was also democracy, right? They had an elected senate. Well, there is the discussion um, with, um, hang on, with Anakin. I'm looking it up with Anakin and Natalie Portman. Everybody's favorite scene. Um, Just give me one second here. Um, no, I'm not talking about the sand speech. Everyone's favorite speech. Yeah. Oh man, I'm trying uh, is to it, remember. Is it it. when they're trying to figure it out? Like, 
to explain it to people? Is there a little bit of a, is there? Like- there should just be one person who decides what everybody should do. That speech. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> and I'm clearly not saying I'm not saying it word for word. I know, but it, but you yeah. know, you know so that part. Anakin, when Anakin is again, we're supposed. To, well, this is about the character development of Anakin, where he feels that there should be one. Like, he wants there to be an empire. Basically, he wants one person to decide everything based on his experiences. Oh, I found the quote. We need a system where the politicians sit down and discuss the problem, agree what's in the interest of all the people, and then do it. And if they didn't, they should be made to. <laughs> right they should be made to do it right in other words have a dictator in other words have darth vader choke them right right until they, and shut then up. Till they do it right so um so yeah in the beginning of uh of the phantom menace we have the senate uh it all starts with a trade dispute of course just like just like china just like the trade war with china yeah and uh, it's just as boring just as racist actually as well because those guys oh. are pretty racist <laughs> Um, oh, do you find do you find when you watch that to, uh, under the prism of today that it's worse than it, it was? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the, at the, the time I didn't, I don't recall. I don't know. That. I don't think that, I didn't think that either of those guys, those Trade Federation guys. Um, I didn't think anything of it. I certainly uh-huh. didn't think that Watto sounded Jewish. Um, but yeah, in retrospect, those particularly the Trade Federation guys. What are the, what is their species called? The Nimodians, something like that. Um, I didn't, I didn't catch that. But if I watch it now, I will. um, Yeah, I do actually feel like that sounds. It sounds like a a Chinese accent. Is what it sounds like. I think I was um, distracted by the bad rubber mask. There could be that as well, right? That's the other part of that that issue. So anyway, the the, the dispute is. So there's um, a trade dispute. Yeah, which has been much maligned and mocked by Star Wars fans. But why? Why? Why don't people like that? I think what I mean. I think what George Lucas had in mind is the classic. It's something little that people don't notice, or that seems like it's just nothing that becomes something grander and um, scarier. I think that's what I think that was the whole idea. And similarly, Darth Vader himself was like the little guy who just like is is just this little benign kid uh, in the first movie, and he becomes something scary and. Nightmarish. I think that's what he was showing with the that political stuff. So in the first film, episode one, I'm talking yeah. about um, that we have the Trade Federation. They've they've they have a blockade. Of, Our blockade uh, is oh, perfectly legal. They've, they're blockading off um, uh, uh, Naboo. <laughs> they don't want. There's no trade. Yeah. Nobody going in and out of Naboo, which is cutting them off. And uh, of course, the uh, the Galactic. Uh, what is it? The old, the old Republic doesn't. Maybe they're are they just the Republic? They're not the old republic until after they're over, right? Can we call them the republic? Um, I guess so. All right. Okay. We're revealing our own ignorance well, about anyway. about the about. But I think a lot of people who watch the movies are like us. Yeah. Which is it's it's difficult. It's difficult to sort of pick it through is. it and figure it out. So we're so the the republic doesn't like that. They send the, of course the Jedi Order sends the Jedi, Jedi to take care of it. But in the end, the battle at the end becomes between. Um, our our heroes being mm. Qui Gon and, and Anakin and or sorry uh, and, um, and Obi Wan and the, the Queen and all them and the Trade Federation the space battle is between um, the the Republic and the Trade Federation the lightsaber battle is Darth Maul showing up and that's like the that's again this is when we start to see the Emperor or um, Darth Darth Grieve what's his last name Darth um, Sidious Darth Sidious right. Uh, kind of orchestrating things from the background and he's like we don't know this at the time but he's actually playing both sides we mm-hmm. don't realize this until i think the third film in that series where he is he is supplying 
like the Trade Federation with their he's working with them in order to get the Galactic Senate to give him power. Right. Right. He wants to call uh, a vote of no confidence. He wants to seize power and make sure that you call it like, declare an emergency and then basically institute martial law so that he can get he can grab the power and then not give it back. That's and, the ultimate goal for him. And and it's also interesting. Like I never hated Jar Jar Binks for the reasons everyone else did. I hated him for being the moron who helps vote Palpatine into power. Well, uh, that's an unforgivable <laughs> mistake on the part of Jar Jar Binks. But he's just a pawn, I think. I think he's just doing what yeah, they're telling him to do. Yeah, but he well, they show him going, huh? like Scooby Doo, huh? Huh? looking around, and then he goes, ah, and he votes. Uh, and he votes helps Palpatine. Well, yeah, because he thinks he's parade his way in, and for that alone, he should be how did, executed. How did Jar Jar become a senator? That's what I want to know. Is it because he was a hero during he the Battle a, of Naboo? Is that he, why? I think like they, they give their war hero senator status, just like the U.S. I think that's populism for you. <laughs> I think I do. I think that's what they're showing there, like a brain. Like, well, we should make judgments about Jar Jar's brain, but uh, he's he's shown to be kind of a not a deep thinker. And uh, maybe that's who people want to vote in at that point. <laughs> Let's just say. Well, I think it just shows you how people can. If so this supports our theory that it is an elected government, because uh, I could see him because he he was quite he made quite the name for himself. Thanks to his participation, he shows up in the city with these two Jedi, talks to um, the boss, uh, Boss Nass or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. And it starts kind of so people aren't aware of who he is. He becomes goofs and like stumbles into being a hero in the battle because he's a clumsy idiot, slapsticking his way across the battlefield and, and destroying a bunch of droids and winning the battle that way. And so, based on that popularity, he gets elected as a senator. That's it. That's all he needs. And it's like name recognition. Oh, Jar Jar Binks. I recognize the name. I'm going to mark an X next to Jar Jar Binks on that ballot. And and behind oh, and and it's interesting because behind the scenes. As you say, Palpatine is working with first Maul, then with um, uh, Count Dooku, and and maybe both of them in Phantom Menace, but we don't know it. Is there any indication of that? I don't know. Of what? Of of, um, Count Dooku and Darth Maul. Not knowing about the each other. Well, we never find out because Maul's killed in the first movie. Duke right. not introduced till the second movie. So it's hard to we. I guess we don't know. So and they, the, so is, that means like at the beginning of the second movie. But the clone army had been ordered already. Had yes, it not? that's well. That was that was to fight off the Trade Federation. I think that went forward in the beginning of the first movie. Oh, we got to rewatch second. them. Second movie. We got to rewatch it. Um, we, we will. By the way, and by the way, I'm going to start. Um. Uh, airing our old episodes of the watching oh, yeah. stuff next week. So oh, we're gonna, good. Because we're already within 10 weeks of of the movie. It's less than 10 weeks crazy. away. So it's crazy. So anyway, yeah, that, that's. Um, I don't think that, that Maul, Maul and Dooku knew each other. I never bought that Dooku was an apprentice to Sidious. Um, Dooku is just kind of this guy who is like doing his own thing. Bad Jedi. Well, he's a bad Jedi, but I, don't, I never really uh, bought that he was fully on the dark side. I think he was doing what he thought was right. Um, but it, it, he's too old to be an apprentice to Sidious, right? Like he's old enough to be a Jedi yeah. Master at this point, or be a, a well, Sith Master. We never saw that in action. No, that relationship. No. So, like, although whereas, he does pretend to kidnap the Emperor at the beginning of the third film, right? right? That was like that happened. So that that's all staged, right? In order to get them to to take this whole thing seriously. So, right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, but but it's interesting how they're doing. Like the point you made, they're doing sort of these their dark arts behind the scenes. 
and um, they need an army. And the best way to get control of the army is to seize control. And then once you seize control, like so you declare emergency powers, we need an army to protect us. So then you get the army and then you begin invading the entire system. And I think that's, that is the progression. That's how the, how the chancellor becomes emperor. Um, the emperor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and love, actually, I will say this, like that, that shot uh, or that scene, the sequence in Attack of the Clones where we see the clones being kind of like basically paraded yeah. out. They're being kind of distributed and going off and, and the, all those ships and all the troops marching. That was really, that's really powerful. And that does bring to mind images of like the Third Reich and, yeah. and, and uh, Hitler and all that stuff, which is meant to do. Yeah. I think in, in the end, you know, the, the Empire is just kind of a, uh, meant to represent Nazis, I think, mm-hmm. is probably the idea. And, and maybe it is a parallel. I don't know enough about German history, but maybe that's how Hitler got power. I don't know. I should know this. No, it is. Is it how he got power? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was a laughing stock. He got control. He exerted his authority. And um, and actually, one of the things that I did last summer is I went to um, the Montreal Holocaust Museum. And when you and it walks you through, it's like a great museum. It's like not not too different from our Canadian Museum for Human Rights, actually, mm-hmm. but but it's dedicated to that one thing. And when you walk through and you sort of see the progression and how it kind of went, it was a slow progression over a lot of time. Like he didn't like when you watch the newsreel footage, you're like, how did that guy ever? How did that ever work? Yeah, and the way it worked was slowly, like t- lots of not, passage not of too time. Too slowly though, because we still well, had like the end of World War One in 1918, yeah. and then less than 20 years later. Well, not less. Twenty years later, twenty-one years later, they're they're on to World War Two. But the flip, but the so like a, a, but one the, generation. But the war, and then the ghettos, then became death camps and gas chambers, and and um and then the trains. What what originally started bringing people to their deaths then ended up increasing in frequency, and you start and and you just see everything and and um businesses in Germany were using slave labor from the prison camps to produce their goods. Like it was ugly. Yeah. So you, 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 and so it's backed by big business if you can believe it. And, um, but, but when you go through the progression, like all, like the control of the media and the vilification of different groups and all of that stuff, you see, um, you absolutely see the parallel to that when it's like, well, the first thing is we need to get rid of all the Jedi, right? right? We need yeah, to get rid like, of them. They're, they're like the, the uh, police force kind of thing. They're right? the ones who are you need to be afraid of, right? Yeah, not yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that whole thing. Yeah. So the the blaming and the victimization or the um, but in pretending the end, that you're in, a victim. In the end, the way he gets rid of the Jedi is by with this pre-programmed order yeah. in all the clones. So. That was all done behind the back of of everybody, pretty much. Well, you know, built into the clones, I always wonder about that and, like, those bastards in Kamino who don't say anything when Obi-Wan shows up. So Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up. Right. And and they go, yeah, we've made your clones. We hope they're to your liking and all that stuff. And he comes and checks it out. He's like, "What the hell is this?" Like, and obviously, think they think he's representing some, yeah. their client, and he, he's not. He just kind of stumbled upon this, right? So, yeah. And but would they not, if they thought he had actually ordered them, would they not? Would there not be some indication? They, by the way, that that <laughs> that secret message to kill all the Jedi—that's ready to go because they had to build that in, right? Yes, yeah, so it has to be. It has to be. Um, 
subconscious mm-hmm. and automatic, and they spend, and we know this from the from the Clone Wars TV series, they spend a lot of time with the Jedi, so they build a relationship. Like we see, we see Cody and all those um, all those uh, clone troopers who become characters in the TV series spend a lot of time with Anakin and, and Obi Wan and all the other Jedi. So for them to turn around and just kill them on a, on a, in a moment, that's all got to be pre-programmed into them, right? which is really scary that they did that right. kind of thing, right? So, yeah, you think they would say something about that. but That's kind of like there's the movie The Manchurian Candidate, and the yes. whole idea is they've been brainwashed, but they're sleeper cells, yes. and they're ready to wake up if you say the words. Yes. If your controller says the same magic with, same words. Same with The Winter Soldier. If you, guys, you remember The Winter oh, Soldier? Oh, of course. He's got the book yeah. that he reads the secret words from. Oh, I so forgot same idea. that. Yeah, that's all. Right. I mean, it's all. The Manchurian Candidate was really the first one that kind of talked about that right yeah 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 and so, the winter soldier never paid to go to the see the steve rogers exhibit that's right and uh so he better <laughs> if if he ever shows up there again he better bring that late fee for sure um so there yeah, you so, go yeah, so, yeah but so star wars yeah back to the the over the broad view of this thing i think you do see we don't see palpatine seize the control of the media we never really see the, wow, the what only, is the media. The only media I feel like we ever see in Star Wars is the two-headed announcers in the pod race. Like I never, I never get a sense of what media is like in the Star Wars universe as far as news. Oh, we see gambling. Don't do we not see races being bet on uh, on screens? What is that? What do we see? Like was that in the? La- I don't know if I'm thinking of Last Jedi or if I'm thinking of Solo. Where did we see that? But we don't. What we don't see is the traditional newscaster, which is a very no. common trope in many, many films. That's a way to get information across without having a huge amount of like just. Yet they have two-headed play-by-play announcers oh. <laughs> at the pod race. Where yeah. is the media? In I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. There is only one-on-one media. They, this they, is interesting. Uh, they may be. Now, I could be wrong here, but there may be examples of it in other shows and other like other parts of Star Wars, like Rebels, I feel like there was mm-hmm. something going on there with the media. But again, I don't remember specifically. But certainly in the films, where there's no evidence that we ever see a news media of any kind. Yeah. As far as a reporter or any way to consume the news. Right. Um, that's just something. And I, I would imagine in an empire, you want to keep that to a minimum anyway. So mm-hmm. you would have one central, like a Pravda-style uh, central publishing giant that just kind of puts the news out there that they want people to hear not yeah. what's actually happening so there might be something like that but we yeah we've never seen that we've never no. had an evidence if somebody can think of something please let us know because i'm blanking on it right now as far as the media no, is but that'd you, be interesting to know what that is you never see anyone just chilling watching tv no a screen it's like a tv free world holograms I mean, holograms sure but that's not that's I mean, like their iphone it's like a black and white image though it's not very good to watch like i would only want to watch like a full color hologram the hologram, like, let's just think. There's no, I'm I'm sure there that we see. Well, there's pod racing, which you can bet on, and yeah. I think I'm sure there is other stuff too. There's the those know. those races, those creatures that race at uh, in the in the casino scene yeah. in, in the Last Jedi and that kind of stuff. So there is stuff like that, but that's like live sporting events, essentially, is what that is. And there would be a broadcast of that that people would watch. We don't uh, get a good sense of, on um, people having to leave their home planet to escape the Empire. Or people... Um, I think the idea is that people are just living their lives and they're not really affected by the Empire overall. Like, I, I mean, we get lots of examples of people who are punished and persecuted, especially alien races. The, the Empire is kind of racist in that regard. They don't like aliens. They like humans best, 
right? We have multiple examples of that, but and clones and clones, <laughs> like humans. So and they, they take babies to turn them into stormtroopers. Yeah, or, or uh, they also recruit. Uh, there's also some examples of the uh, dark Jedi or the the Sith lords or whatever recruiting children to turn them into the dark side. That happens in Rebels. But um, but yeah, they, they they just kind of people are just living their lives is the idea, right? They're just not overly affected by it, mm-hmm. uh, which would probably be true in that case. No, well, it's, it's more like they have they're under watch. They're watch. They're being watched. Yeah, and yeah, and so but the it is a dictatorship in that at any point the empire could. It's like living in communist mm-hmm. uh, Soviet Russia, where anybody could come in at any time and do whatever they wanted, kind of thing. There's no right. there's no freedoms. There's no rights. Now let's fast forward to the modern era of Star Wars. We don't again. We don't get much into this. I think other than that 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 boardroom scene, there's not much about the politics of Star Wars in the rest of Star Wars, the original trilogy, right? Like yeah. kind of, basically, it's about the uh, the rebels fighting the Empire, and that's we it. We do see the Emperor statue come down at the end well, that's of... Well, uh, that's an added scene. So right? that's kind of... that's a yeah. li- That's got political movement oh, there. Oh, for sure. People, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see people celebrating. They're yeah. happy they're not under the under the eye, under under his eye. Handmaid's Tale. Oh, that came out to that came out today. Oh, the did it sequel really? to Handmaid's oh, Tale. Oh, there you go. Um, but but we so we we do get a fee, we do get a sense that people are happy when when yeah. the emperor goes down. So moving ahead to the newer uh, trilogy here, the modern trilogy, they have when we come in at the uh, Force Awakens, we have the uh, First Order. Which is not the Empire. It's built on the remains They're of the They're like Empire. neo-Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Nazi so fanboys. The Nazis, the Nazis yeah. fall and then the neo-Nazis come up. But I guess there's a hint that the Empire Emperor was behind this, or maybe the Emperor is not behind this. We don't we don't know that yet. Maybe not. I think it would be super cool if the Emperor showed up with the and there in the last trailer, that's an old fleet of Star Destroyers that you see coming in. That's like oh, the, yeah. not the new version. So wouldn't it be cool if the Emperor just pulled in and like first of all got rid of the first order? <laughs> like, like, thanks for holding my space that's for right, me. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Bam! <laughs> just got rid of them. So, like, now I can just fight them by myself. So, but what is the resistance? How does that work? Because we do have a, uh, um, they, what they're calling the New Republic. After mm-hmm. they, after the Empire falls, they form the New Republic, which is a Senate. Mon Mothma is in charge. All this stuff is detailed in the books, um, the aftermath books, and that kind of stuff. So, Mon Mothma is in charge. They do have an elected Senate. Uh, they're working to build it. Not a lot of planets are in it, but they're working to admit new planets into mm-hmm. it and, and create this interplanetary government. But what is the resistance? Why is the resistance not the just re- the, the rebellion? The Republic? No, but the resistance is not. Yeah. I was always confused about that. I've always for the last four years since the movie came out. But does not. It's not very clear what that resistance is supposed to be. Right. It's yeah. not. It's not the military arm of the of the Republic. Correct. Let me think about that. The mil- No, I don't think so. I'm going to Google this and see what I can come up with here because I'm Yeah, but I think one of the one of the complaints about The Force Awakens was that that element was not very well sketched out. Like even when they, you know, they blow up when finally when um when the base blows up the resistance base, we don't really know what was happening there and we don't really get a sense of how big a thing that is. Yeah. You know, well, oh, it's, it's weird because we get a sense of like how much, how much money and resources would have gone into the creation of star killer base. Like where, mm. who's bankrolling the first order is my question. Where do they get their, their cash from? Cause they've got so much, they've got these not, they don't have clones, but they have these like conditioned soldiers as, as uh, stormtroopers, And they've got tons of, of star destroyers and fleets. So where's that, where's that all coming from? 
right? That's that's. I mean, we we almost uh, scratched the surface of that with Benicio del Toro in uh, Last Jedi when it's all the weapons manufacturers. Yeah, like, so oh, very so, true. So, so we learned where where that the same ones that make the X wing make I'm the, making the tie, tie fighter. Um, but we don't really get a sense of where everybody gets their money from and how that arms race works. Interesting. I remember we, one of the things we speculated was that we were going to, maybe those would ultimately be the villains in the last film, but no, I don't think so. Now that we've got the emperor coming back and we know it. Yeah. So this says that the resistance is a fictional resistance movement, a private, private, private paramilitary force. So not. Um, for, led by General Leia Organa that opposes the First Order. It is a splinter of the military of the New Republic. Oh. So it's, it's like they basically broke off from the military of the New... It's an independent... So it's like a, it's like almost like a mercenary force of uh, independent huh. contractors, so to speak, um, who, are, who just want to... Which seems weird to me. Why would they do that? Why would they not be... There's probably a comic book or novel sure that explains that, yeah. the political ramifications of all this. I don't know what it is. The New Republic did not deem the First Order to be a credible threat, so Senator Organa and several other rebel veterans who believe the First Order to be a threat to peace broke away from the New Republic's military and founded the resistance to check the First Order. Hmm. hmm. This is all from Wikipedia, so I don't know. Take that as it were. But um, Interesting. Wow, there's quite a bit here, actually. Hmm. Yeah, again, again, I don't know that they worked all this out before the movie came out, though, or they just filled it in after the fact. Well, one of the discussions we'll have after the last movie comes out is that, is does it seem to be a coherent trilogy? Because right now it seems it, it's a little... It, it feels like it's a bit by the seat of your pants. A little bit. Yeah. Some, yeah. some of the stuff doesn't seem that way, but other stuff does appear to be like, here, you take the baton. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? And uh, we'll see in this movie, it's like, already starting to look like J.J. is swinging things back a little bit to where they were in that, The Force Awakens. That's why The Last Jedi is such a, a different movie is it really takes and takes goes off to the, like a, a skew. Off takes of, a tangent. Right. And, yeah. and you'd think that like George Lucas had the story for all these films worked out ahead of time. The basic story for everything worked out ahead of time. So you'd think that. Um, they would do that for this, even though they didn't take mm -hmm. George Lucas's ideas, they would still do that and map it out ahead of time. But it just feels the last Jedi feels so disjointed from the rest of it. You know, like I, I don't know that they did that. It was such a weird tangent to go off of. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Okay. With so in this last one, we know the Emperor is back. Yeah. What is the master plan here? What is the plan? And what like clearly the Emperor had a plan B if he were to get blown up. In the Death Star. So last episode, you t you told us about your theory, uh, and it was, it's still, I think, a brilliant theory about the possibility that Ray is a clone, um, or there's a, different versions of Ray around. And the one we see yeah. in, the, in the trailer is like which would tie into the cave scene, right? It would now, and that exactly. But my only issue with that is that we've had no mention uh, other. We've had no mention of clones in this series at yeah. all, or but or the Emperor for that matter. True. Yeah. So this is kind of coming out of left field. Yeah. So, I mean, the Emperor wants to seize power. I think he just craves power. That's all he wants. Mm -hmm. So he wants to get back on top. So he could and have he, been... He's clearly playing a long game since he was with us. 30 years, 30 plus years, like, in hiding, basically, right? And he, so, and he was with us in episode one. 
all the way through to now. Although I wonder if there's a, one of the theories out there, of course, is that Snoke is the Emperor. Um, I don't believe that. No. But was was Snoke working for the Emperor? Do you think is that possible? possible? He could have been working for him, possessed by him. Um, do you think we're going to see flesh and blood Emperor? Or are we just going to see hologram? I think we'll see flesh and blood Emperor. I think we need to, yeah, right? Think, if you're going to get the be, actor, yeah, he'll be there in person for sure. So yeah. I'm not sure what that mean. It means to control everything, right? To control the universe. He wants to everlasting be life. We know he wants. Yeah, but he also wants all the power. That's what he wants. Everlasting life and all the power. Yep. And the ability to save lives or destroy them as he sees fit. Because yeah. remember, he said. I don't know that that whole thing about saving lives. I think that was just something he used to get Anakin hooked into the dark side. But his his he story knew, of Darth Plagueis was Yeah, real. but I think the reason he told that story to Anakin is because he knew Anakin had this thing that when he lost his mother, mm-hmm. he had this obsession with like stopping death. Mm-hmm. Anakin did. And so I think that uh, um, Palpatine was just kind of playing on that to get Anakin to, to consider the dark side yeah. and to show him that, yes, the dark side can do this for you if you choose to to go down the dark side that I think I don't know that the emperor shares that desire to not to not I mean obviously he doesn't want to die but you know he's probably he's like the Skeksis have you watched the dark crystal yet um the Skeksis have this very similar and it's, there's a lot of parallels between that and Star Wars they have this obsession with immortality hmm. they cannot they do not want to die they do not die and there's a very strong part of their belief system and so I think Palpatine is the same way he doesn't want to die and he he wants to live forever so huh yeah I don't know so everlasting life isn't good enough. You also need the you need to have the control. Yeah, I mean, it. obviously he comes back, for, or or maybe I don't know. Maybe he's been retired on a planet for thirty years, and all of a sudden he gets dragged back in somehow. Maybe he's like Thanos. He just wants to have a farm on a planet. If he, <laughs> if he, oh yeah. After he wipes out half of the population of the galaxy. But if if Palpatine shows up, it looks like it's with a giant fleet of vintage star destroyers. Well, that people got excited about that because they thought it was that that uh, fleet. What was the the Katana fleet? Remember that from uh, the uh, Timothy Zahn? Oh yeah. They had these dread these this fleet oh. of dreadnoughts. It's this it's this Katana fleet that uh, the the hook oh. to those was. Did we talk about this? I thought we did. Uh, was that they could all be controlled from one ship so that you don't need to have the the crew. They could all be like one ship can control everything so that you only needed the crew for one Star Destroyer, but you would have like 100 Star Destroyers to at your disposal. Some people, that's what people think that is. It's the Katana fleet. Could Thrawn be on one of those? Possibly. Absolutely possible. Because that would be, again, we, we lose Thrawn at the end of Rebels, but we don't see him die. I don't think he's dead in this world. Thrawn has been, there's been another series of books out talking about the origins of Thrawn. Timothy Zahn is actually re- writing them. Yeah. There's the one about his origins that I've read. I have not read the second book in the series, which is about him and Darth Vader working together during the the like the heyday mm-hmm. of the empire empire kind of thing, and those then that ten years between uh, movies, mm-hmm. he works very closely with Darth Vader a lot. So yeah, that's gonna that's gonna build up as a story. So we could very well get a Thrawn. Is huh. that too much at this point to to going forward? Like there's so m- there's already lots that we know we're we're heading toward in this film. But at this point, we should be wrapping things up. This is the final. That's sh- the odd thing. Like that's why when you see Dark Ray, you go, well, they can't have a big. It cannot be a massive part of the plot. How can it be? Because there's only one movie. Right. It just doesn't make sense that it would be anything other than a clone or a vision. In the first uh, trilogy, they spent three movies working Luke towards the dark side. He only very briefly flirts with it. Yeah. And then he's back on the light side. But he does kind of flirt with it. 
And that was like a full three movies to work into that. To do that yeah. in one film and have her be as far over as she appears to be in that, I don't think that's possible. No, I don't think it would happen. I don't think so. So it's got to be some sort of red herring. It does. It does have to be. I mean, have we left behind the political stuff? I don't know. From we... the other Star Wars? No, no, I don't mean us. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean the other from the other Star Wars film. Well, like, the political situation seems to be that uh, the First Order destroyed a lot of planets mm-hmm. with Starkiller Base. Maybe they destroyed the Galactic, um, uh, the uh, New Republic. Maybe they didn't. Maybe there's probably some remnants that are surviving. But the resistance is all that remains to fight them. There is no military of the Republic. There appears to be no military. There is resistance now. Leia puts out the call for help. Remember that that yep. part in, in the last day. She puts out the call for help. Nobody comes. But we probably will see people rally together. That's you said that that, that, that one shot, shot of the of the camp, whatever people it just camped out. Seems like that could be it. Yeah. But, it could uh, be. It also might not be. It it could be, um, um, yeah, it could be uh, uh, just people gathering and coming together. So I think we'll see mm-hmm. that in this film. It won't be the resistance. It will be, you know, the Wookies and the Ewoks. I don't know about the Ewoks, but you know what I mean. I'm just going. That would not surprise It'd me. It'd be the Gungans. And I think the, we're and on the, the moon of Endor. Uh, <laughs> we are in the. So yeah, don't we you might, think so? We might. Yeah, or Endor itself. No, no, it's got to be Endor. Or the only other possibility is that it's the first Death Star, and that it's. Um, Yavid, but I don't think that's it because if the Emperor is there, it's got to be Endor. If right. that's where that Death Star it is, has it's got to be Endor, right? Because he would have crashed with that Death Star. Or whatever's near there. But it, I mean, it has, it's, it's just, I don't think it's out of the question that we won't, I mean, that we, um, the, you know, are Ewoks in this film? I don't, I think that that could very well be. It'd be fun, actually. I'd like to see Ewoks. Yeah. I have Why? A yes, please bring them back. Yeah. They, that can, would they be can hang great. out with the Porgs. <laughs> fight for the most useless character in Star Wars. Oh, I um, love I love the Ewoks, the Porgs. I don't know. They didn't really do anything. <laughs> they just had a couple funny scenes where they got abused. Yes, and barbecued. Barbecue. And, <laughs> and and I think probably in the original uh, cut, that lightsaber went off and oh, killed and, one yeah, of them. Don't you sure. think so? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they got rid of it because yeah. it was probably too mean. So getting back to our clickbait story, it's interesting to me that this trailer is going to have a harsher rating than any other trailer. Does that mean the, the movie is going to have a harsher rating? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Okay. I find it I find it very hard to believe. You can't – I think that's a place where the Mandalorian can go, perhaps. Sure. okay. And even then, I'm not too sure, but I, I just don't like Star Wars has always had, you know, limbs amputated is the worst it ever got. And those are very little blood in that, that a little bit of blood a little on, blood on the floor. Less and less as it went along. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. The first one had the most blood. <laughs> that's right. Oh, so, but then again, I mean, we did amputate the uh, snow creature, the wampa. In, no uh, blood. Is there, I think there is now because you see the arm. Well, the idea, no, but the idea is that the lightsaber cauterizes the wound as it cuts through, so there's no. Now you see should, him going. That, I mean, you should see that that thing should be spurting blood. If you got an arm cut off, that would yeah. be like a major artery, but that doesn't happen in Star Wars. So, it's a it's an elegant weapon of a more civilized age. Yeah, that's it. And the more civilized age is when people were lobbing each other's body parts off. I guess. <laughs> Intra- I know, guess the more I, civilized age was, again, this time where this galactic senate was in power and everybody was happy and there was a functioning government and everybody getting back to the I'm tying it all together because I don't know what the answer we came up with this episode, Kenton. I don't know well, imagine it. this. Donald Trump falls into a massive pit and everybody starts partying. 30 years later, a giant warship shows up with Donald Trump on it and a whole fleet of ships with him, and he went, hey, I'm back. (laughs) 
what would then happen next? Because that's what really this movie is. It's the, I guess so. I don't know. Although, and I think in the original movie, he was George W. Bush in the year at prequels. Probably. I think that's. I think yes, that was that, the well, inspiration. Well, that was the era. That yeah. was the era, right? So. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But hopefully this this made sense, this discussion about politics. Get out and vote, everybody, whenever you get a chance. It is your right. We do not want a galactic empire to uh, to take over and, and take away our right to vote. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Star Wars Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the force hit you in the ass. We're going to talk to station to pick up some power. <laughs>